I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Obicast, the Chagas Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. This week we chat with Paddock County from County Loud who's run a high output sheep only system where measuring and managing play a key role. Pather, who is also a participant in the Chagas Better Farm Sheep Programme, starts off by giving us a quick recap on how lambing has gone this year, and what's happening in lambs in the term, and how he monitors lamb performance. We move on to discuss the grass situation on his farm and the growth rates in recent weeks, with Pather describing the grazing groups on his farm, his pre and post grazing management, and the ports of achieving residuals and managing regrowths for his system. We discuss the grazing infrastructure, his paddock system, and use of temporary fencing, and the role that has in maintaining grass supply for his flock. Pather also discussed the importance of measuring grass and using the pasture base as a means of managing grass throughout the year. As Pather's also participant in Flock and Ovi Data Project, working with Sheep Ireland, we finish up discussing the kind of information that's going to be recorded on the use at upcoming seven-week land weights. We start off, however, with Pather giving a bit of background on where he's farming and the system he's running. Well, uh, we're farming in County Loud here, in between Ardy and Carbon Cross. Uh, we're doing March lambing now since the last few years. We're running about 260 yards. Uh, the farm is split in two blocks, rented land and uh, the homeland here. For the benefit of those, there's about a mile between both farmlets. And That's they're right. Kind of, yeah. They're kind of managed separately. The, the, yes, the, the two blocks are managed separately. Just um, maybe a quick recap for the listeners. Like if 260 yards lambing, it's a sheep-only system you're running. How did you figure out this year at Lamington? Well, um, uh, we started lambing around the 1st of March, but it didn't really kick in, I suppose, until the 8th of March. The uh, first week went great. The weather was good. We got them out. But the second week uh, didn't turn out good at all. Bad weather and a lot of sheep in, in the shed. And um, it could have caused problems, but we were lucky enough after seven days, the sun shone, shone again and we let them out. Um, it went quite well. The same as every other year, ups and downs. Uh, some good ones and some bad days. Look, Pather, since Tornout, you know, you had a bit of hold up for a while and that puts pressure on any system during March. How have them rounds been doing since Tornout for you? Or what's happened with them? Well, we, we had them in there uh, three weeks ago. Uh, we had to do them for the coccidiosis. We have a problem on our land and we've done them for the matadivers as well. And when the wind, they look well. And then in a week after, they didn't look as well. And last week, they looked good. So it's hard to know until we do the 40-day wait uh, next week to see how they're doing. And it's, it's the old adage, Pather, too, like when you're looking at them every week, it's kind of hard to see a change in them. But you are, you're recording, look, you do a lot of recording at Lamington for us, you do in the Better Farm programme, but you would have always been looking at performance recording on the farm. You're due that seven-week wait. I suppose that's what really tests out how well they're doing for you. Exactly, Kieran. Uh, without weighing them, you don't really know how they're doing because some of them are good and some of them are poor. But when you see them in and weigh them, you really know how they're performing. It also gives you, and I know it's something that comes up later in the year, but you pick a lot of your replacements over the years on performance. It really does show you the variation within the flock and what lambs are doing well, but also what yos are really working hard in the flock and what yos are taking it a bit easier too. Exactly. Well, since joined the, the, the scheme and even before it, we were very in, in line with seeing how they were doing. So the way we keep their yo lambs is on how to perform over them first seven weeks because we reckon that's the time they're getting the milk from the mothers and if they're doing well, the yo lambs we keep is because they're doing well in the mothers and hopefully they'll do well with milk and breeding as well. 
Well, his look is probably the best reflection of what the O's actually contributing to it. Look at them lambs are starting to eat grass at the moment and we're talking about performance. Um, it'd be remiss of me not to talk to you about grass and it's something you're well known for in terms of management of it. Look, it's been a difficult spring and powder grass-wise, but in some of them wet conditions are torn out and more recently we've seen growth rates dip in farms. Yours, just to give a bit more background to the setup, like you have the home block around where you have the sheds and you have the out farm and basically you have the two of them stocked separately and more or less up to weaning stock doesn't change maybe with the exception of dry hoggets moving between exactly. both farms how have you managed over the last couple of weeks what has growth been like or um how are you even currently well the growth has been up and down you know uh, since the last three or four weeks and uh, we find at home the growth has been better because of the reseeding and we seem to be growing a bit more but growth is poor and i think this week like it's only working at it for uh, 33 and the out farm and I think for, uh, 55 at home and our demand is, is more than that so things are tight enough here and we need rain and we need soft weather and just like for a lot they might be happy to get to them figures but I think we took a flashback to last year with you it was just before the drought hit and you would have probably been hitting 60s and 70s at this stage of the season like you're quite highly stocked on both farms like You've probably seen a bit of a lift towards in the March, Paddle, but it did dip off quite a lot on you. In March, it, it was growing okay, but then it dipped in, in April and it's maybe rising a bit. But uh, on the 13th of last, this time last year, 13th of May last year, we, we cut 60 bales of silage off the uh, ground and there's no way we'll be cutting silage this year in the middle of uh, May. So we're, we're well back. Yeah, it just goes to show you that like, it, it, you have to actively manage on both cases and like, what have you done, like fertilizer-wise? You might just take us through, like where are you at at the moment? The second round, I imagine, is more or less all out on your farm, is it? Well, we put the first round out on uh, the first of March, and we done about seventy percent of the second round uh, two weeks ago. But it hasn't responded much at all since. Probably moisture catching you as much as temperature at the moment as well, Pablo. Yeah, and and frost at night. We we uh, a good lot of frost every night and. The ground's very dry here, and any dryness gets trouble with us. Like, we need moisture. Look, you mentioned your demand is slightly exceeding your growth at the moment. Just in terms of management, what steps have you taken? Like, how many grazing groups are we talking on the two different farmlets? Well, we've just the, the one group on, on the outer farm, and we have two groups here at home. Uh, so, uh, the two groups consist of uh, yours with lambs and the remaining group at home is uh, the, the dry hoggets, and they're coming behind uh, the other ones to, to clean up the ground, to clean up the, the paddocks. Look, that's something that happens a lot of farms. When hoggets can often be the poor relation, and it's the case it needs most. What kind of heights are you going into or coming out at with your yews and the hoggets? Then what are you taking it down to? Well, I suppose, you see, we're sort of slightly going in too high. We could be going into maybe 9, 10 centimetres, and this year, we're tending at home now to take them out a bit at five and let the, the dry hoggets clean it out a bit better. We don't want to put too much pressure on them uh, with, with the wee lambs. As over on the other farm, they're not as high and we can let them in and move them fa- fairly quickly down in three or four days. And they seem to be cleaning it out around four centimetres themselves. And the hoggets, I assume, at home, they're cleaning it down a bit four as well for you. Yeah, just a bit four. But uh, there is a disadvantage when you do that is that uh, you're leaving them there and the regrowth is a week later because they be, could be sitting there for a week cleaning it out. So you're yeah. a week behind. 
It is stalling at that wee bit and they're taking off the first leads, but I suppose depending on supply in the farms, in case the needs must, um, with both, and you're trying to prioritise lamb growth. Yes, exactly, and trying to have a good growth on the way back for the second round, is you have good leafy grass, you have to have it eaten down well. Look, we mentioned the two groups, and frequently one of the challenges at this stage of the year is getting out of that field quick, and you've touched on that already, getting down to that residual and keeping that residence period short. You've the farm well laid out in terms of permanent divisions, but I know you're a big fan of temporary splitting up of paddocks. What system are you using, Paddock? Well, we, we sort of have a lot of paddocks, like we have 20 paddocks between the two, two, two um, farms, and they be consist of around about a hectare on average, and they be split again into a half hectare uh, this time of the year, and about three days they be moved on out of each paddock and it means you grow an awful lot more grass because you're getting out very quick. I've seen you use FlexiNet before like you probably moved away a little bit from that to more just the three strands or four strands of polywire in the last couple of years. Yes uh, the polywire is so easy to uh, put up and take down and that's why we use that and uh, it does the job but now at home now I'd have to say we have some cheap and the tend that polywire is not just working as well. So netting has to be provided sometimes to keep them quiet. I think that was a batch of individual hoggets one year if memory serves with you. But like just yes. when did you start putting a uh, polywire up? When do you start splitting your products normally? Well, uh, funnily enough now, uh, we'd be different than some people. We'd have them split maybe the whole year, uh, but uh, we sort of keep them split. Most people would put them up now, you know, for the second round. But we sort of keep them split the whole time so we can move them on quick. And look, it's, that's something that's come up before. You know, over the years, you've built up a lot of you know, posts, you've built up a lot of polywire and setups, and you have different fencers. It's allowed you that flexibility. You, didn't, you don't have to take them down. You're not under pressure to move them each time. Exactly. I suppose it's pure laziness. When I have it up, I don't want to take it down, you know, when the set out. But it's not that big of a job putting it up anyway, like, you know, but just we have the wire on things, so we just keep it in those kind of paddocks. And then it's so easy when we're making the sale, we just knock them down anyway, you know, and that, that works out the best. And I know similar when you were talking about spreading on the farm, you do the similar approach with that. You can just drop it down and you can spread exactly. away. Exactly. We, Look, we take them all down for the first spread. Yeah. Just just yeah. in terms of management, often at the moment I'll be talking maybe about dealing with heavier covers and the advantage of polywire. In the current situation where growth is limited, it probably has a big advantage for you, Pat, so far as you're grazing them out quick, but they're also getting rested quick again. Exactly. The regrowth is, you know, after three days. So obviously it's better than leaving them for a week on a bigger paddock. So, you know, the regrowth comes, if, if the right conditions is there, if we got the rain now, Kieran, and a, a bit of uh, moisture, we'd be okay, I'd say. Look, the other thing that crops up um, in terms of closing up for silage, and I know there'll be a lot of listeners are probably after regrazing some of the silage ground this spring, and look, it's a case of needs must. You've moved away from closing, purposely closing up a lot of ground. I know you do some, but you've moved towards taking more offcuts as the year goes on as a way of managing grass, but also as a way of producing that high quality silage as the year goes on. Roughly, Pather, like how much of your silage each year is from ground intended to close up for it as opposed to taking offcuts? Well, just at the minute, uh... An example is we have about 15 acres um, closed up for silage, and that'll be it. After that, it's just a, a, anything that um, gets too strong as the year goes on would be cut for silage, but it won't be any 
one paddock, you know, it'll be just whatever is strong at the time. So 18 acres or 15 acres is, it'd be the most we'd ever close up. So nearly more than half your silage do is coming from offcuts every year. Oh, yeah. It'd be two towards, Kieran. Be two towards anyway. Paddle just one other aspect of what you're doing on the farm. You're measuring grass and you've been at this for a long number of years, even before you start with us, but you're recording on pasture base. Maybe like from your own perspective, it's, it's one thing us talking about, but you're making use of your highly stock farm. What do you think the advantage is for you for measuring on a regular basis? Oh, look, the whole advantage is that you know what you have and what you need. And like, there's no point just looking across the, the hedge. If you don't measure it and, and go by what you see on pasture base, it's a waste of time. But like, I wouldn't, I'd never stop measuring now because it's the only way of knowing what grass you have and producing good quality grass. And look, hopefully that's translating into land performance as well. I know you said you're due to weigh, I think it's this coming week, so it is. So it'll be good just to get a check yeah. on how the lambs are doing. And I'm sure that information will go out in the cheap newsletter for the coming month anyway. Just, Padre, like when you are weighing, is there any other checks you're going to do at that time or the team that's with you there doing it? Well, the, uh, the Sheep Ireland lads will be out here too and they'll be checking from status and lameness and... Uh, uh, dirtiness in, in the yews and in the lambs. As you just mentioned, Sheep Ireland, you're also an data flock, so you are. So, you know, some of that commercial data is feeding into our indexes is coming from flocks like yours. So, like the mistakes in that, it'll be a good time to get in and check anyway on performance. And that, no doubt, will translate into some of them poor performing lambs you might come up with. Exactly. You often see one good lamb and one bad one, and you'd often wonder why. And when the lads are here, they, they won't be long telling us what the reason is with checking them. Very good. Pather, plenty of information coming from your farm, certainly. We're all getting good benefit from it. Look, it was great chatting to you this evening, so it was. Um, hopefully, next time we're talking to you, conditions warm up a wee bit and things are progressing on. Okay, we'll have to wrap things up at this point. Always good catching up with Pather and hearing about his system and how he's actually managing it this year. Like, he highlighted a lot of key things in our podcast, but the use of temporary fencing for him, you know, keeping a residency period short to maintain land performance and protecting his regrowth, something particularly important at the moment where grass growths are low and we're trying to boost performance in every way we can. It's a simple system he's using, but it's one that works effectively. Updates from Paddle's Farm and other farms at the Better Farm Programme are available on Charles' website. There are also updates in the newsletter each month, and we'll have updates posted on the Twitter page as the year progresses. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any other updates from our sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagas Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can listen in to any of our episodes.